You're listening to the best of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Here's a great interview from a while back that I think you're going to love. Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com and of course the venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, merchandise, and so very, very much more. What's up, Joey? Good morning. We've been here, you know, just doing it and, and by ourselves and stuff. and Just very, barely getting by. Very special guest, <laughs> Rob Ensley, has decided to join the show. I was surprised that my key worked when I, when I pulled into the building. Nice. We, almost had, we almost had him cancel I went up to the parking lot. I was like, this is not, there's no way they're letting me in the parking lot this morning. But thank you for letting me back in the building. Unfor- I appreciate it. I kind of went off the deep end the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, Nicole, Nicole feels the same way. I bet you had the same trepidation putting the key Actually, in the lock. Actually, half the my door. stuff was in the driveway. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Go. So no, she got the, me all packed up. The yeah. real special guest <laughs> is, is Heather Duville, Instagram star, A.K. Moosey, in the house. Good Thank morning. Good Thanks. morning. Thank, Thank you, you for coming in, Heather. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you in here this morning. Uh, you know, as you know, Tom is a salmon smoking geek. Okay, and he's been geeking. Well, all of us have, for that matter, on all your salmon smoking stuff on your Instagram channel. And we're going to be covering that quite a bit here the next couple of hours with you. Of course, you shot a, a really nice Sitka blacktail a couple of days ago too. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to dive into some of your your salmon smoking techniques that you and your dad and your family. Uh, you know, use up in Southeast Alaska, and there's a ton of your followers down here in the Northwest as well. So we're we're excited to have you in, and thanks for coming in here this morning. Thank Heather. you. It's an honor to be here. Well, it, and you've already influenced the way I do business too, with, with regard to cold smoking. Because I, uh, way back when when I was a fishery student, I worked with the University of Washington and, and all through the Alaskan Peninsula, and just all these sockeye fisheries and Chignik and and Iliamna and everything. And and during these projects, you know, we we worked with a lot of the native folks, and and the way they cold smoked sockeye, and I just I just became addicted to it. And we we during this one research project, we ate sockeye thirty days in a row, and I'm like, I I, could, I mean, I could just literally live on this stuff, right? <laughs> Tom has a little actually, post fish right on the bottom yeah, of his yeah, yeah, back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. My, my, he doesn't yeah. show it off very often, but <laughs> my, it's there. My oh, blood, I've seen it. Yeah, trust yeah, me. My, my blood type Ankarinkas Joicha. Yeah. So so. But that we tend to do business through the whole box and hot plate thing, which is cooking it, right? Right. Which is fine, but people kind of don't understand how to do that. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited to have you in the studio. And and you and I spent, you know, an hour on a phone a couple weeks ago and just kind of talking about how you guys do it and stuff. So, And we we have a couple taste tests. During yeah, the, I'm so, excited. I well, brought some stuff for you to try. Yeah. Oh, boy. So but uh, so you, you happened to had you come down here. 
you know, and then we just got you in the studio, and I'm just I'm just thrilled to have you here. For yeah, sure. timing's yeah. perfect. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So let's run through the show really quick here. We've got Shondi Campbell jumping on here from Browning. We've had Shondi on a bunch here the last few years, and, and I just got a chance to hunt with her down in New Mexico. Just had an absolute ball with her and, and, uh, and Jimmy Wilson from Winchester, Colton Heward. We just had an amazing trip down there. So she's going to jump on and do a little bit of a trip recap and, and uh, tell us how that all went and, and some of the new stuff that Browning has coming up here. She's uh, going to jump on at 625, 7 o'clock. We're going to cover smoke, smoking salmon here with Heather. Um, Heather in studio, Heather DeVille here, AK Moosey on Instagram. If you're not following her already, jump on Instagram and give her a follow. And then Brian Lynn from the Sportsman's Alliance is going to come on at 725 and talk about some of the shifty stuff going on here with our Fish and Wildlife Commission and and uh, some of the stuff that, we, that, that we're that we aware of that you need to be aware Absolutely. of, too. Absolutely. You need to pay attention uh, little, to what's going on. A little spooky here. We, you know, we, our hunting uh, pr- uh, opportunities, privileges, and rights – are up for grabs right now here in Washington, and yep. uh, we've really got to be aware of it and uh, be on our toes here because there's some there's some stuff going on with our commission that's not real real pleasant. So, so this week was the annual meeting of the TWS or the Wildlife Society, which is a convention of wildlife biologists from across the country, and for the really really for the first time, anti hunting groups were allowed to address this body, the wildlife, and and so. That's I have that's a big red flag for me right there. And and one of the points that, and Brian Lynn, who's gonna join us, actually sent me a, a, a screenshot of one of the PowerPoint slides, and it was truly death by PowerPoint, this whole thing. He, he had to go through and he's gonna tell us about it. But one of the one of the aspects that really troubles me is the hunting and fishing model of wildlife management worked for several years, but it's obsolete. So several years? Like yeah. Like a hundred years, like 100, yeah. 75 yeah. years. So yeah. this is this is really a, a, a solution looking for a problem here, and and uh, you know now you 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 view this in light of the the accelerated wolf reintroduction, and now grizzly let, bears. Let's introduce grizzly bears too. Reintroduce yeah. grizzly bears into in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and well, the bottom line is our commission is uh, you know. <laughs> It's just a little mixed up right now here, and we're not being represented uh, you at know, all. Uh, anglers and hunters here in Washington. So Brian's going to jump on seven twenty-five, kind of cover some of the stuff uh, that you should really be aware of. In the meantime, there's a lot of folks out there in the Northwest right now with salmon in the freezer. They might even have fresh salmon right now. I mean, the silver runs are coming in really strong here, uh, especially on the Chehalis system. Uh, we've got extensions on the Snohomish, Skykomish, and uh, Snoqualmie rivers right now. You can, you can fish through this weekend. Tons of silvers in there. I was just up on the Skagit with LPJ on Wednesday, loaded with silvers up there. And so a lot of folks are smoking salmon right now. And, Heather, that's part of the reason. We're, there's many reasons why you're in studio here with us, but that's part of the reason why we have you here. You are an expert uh, at smoking salmon, cold smoking, any of that stuff. And we want to cover some of the techniques you use uh, especially for cold smoking salmon, because it's something that folks down here, and I, I know that I'm not very good at it. Tom, you just got into it, uh, but I think folks are going to be really keenly uh, interested in what you have to say about that process. So um, I don't know. You got some questions, Tom? Or well, what? the thing of it is, and, and Heather, one of the reasons that, that you know I've, I've enjoyed get, getting to know you is the fact that you guys, you guys don't eat out of the grocery store. Your, your food is, is all around you, and, and that's – Kind of the way we'd like to live here. I mean, Robbo's got a freezer full of caribou and elk right now. And, you know, I've got elk and and pheasant in the freezer and a lot of salmon and halibut and everything else. But, you know, you you guys, where you live is your grocery store. Right. Food sovereignty is very important to us. And and the whole process, you know, from start to finish, from harvesting, 
the fish or harvesting, you know, our own food and the process of cutting it, putting it in the smokehouse and preserving it. It's all traditions that have been passed down for generations and generations. And the the process is it's a lot of work. Um, We connect to our food source um, and it's just a way for us to honor our ancestors who have taught us and pass those traditions down to us. And we practice our culture to keep it alive. Telling it means people of the tides. And just watching you guys, I mean, there's no more fitting term uh, for the Tlinga people. I mean, you you and your dad and your whole family, you're out there all the time, uh, whether it be salmon or halibut or shrimp. And, and I was talking to your dad last year and, and like, well, how much halibut you got in your freezer? He's like, we don't freeze it. Yeah, we, we want a halibut, we go get a halibut, yeah. you know, yeah, we, year round. We're we're really fortunate. You know, yeah. we're able to eat fresh fish year round. Um, yeah. And we never take more than what we're going to use. And, and we always make sure we share with the community, share with elders yeah. who aren't able to get out there and hunt and harvest. And the community, we just take care of each other. And, and within this, though, the, the closest friends I have and the people I enjoy spending time with are, are those that I can spend time outdoors doing this. Because there's a bond that, that, that you forge and exist and foster with getting your own food. And then bringing it home and eating it, you know, going pulling the crab gear and, and coming, sitting down that night and, and having a wonderful meal of crab and stuff like that. And, and I, I grew up doing this. I really don't know any other way. And so, you know, when your sphere of, of, of knowing people expands and then you, you realize, man, there's, there's people that eat out of grocery stores and right. that's what they do. Yeah. And, and talking to you, Tom, a couple of weeks ago was, it, you know, it's so important to have that connection to you know, your family, you talked about your father and you've grown up doing this with your father. Um, part of the process, you know, going out there, fishing, coming home, processing your fish, it takes hours, days, sometimes weeks. And during that time, you know, you share stories and you really bond with each other and we're able, we're able to pass down, you know, the skills and the traditions to, you know, my niece and nephew who joined fish camp. And, and that connection is really important. But it it strikes me that that so many people though that that don't do this that don't follow the seasons that are disconnected from nature are some of the most unhappiest people that that, that I encounter because they, when when you separate yourself from from the rhythms of nature from you know the wonderful healthy food that we can go get you're 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 losing out on on what this existence really has to offer. And we're so fortunate here in the Pacific Northwest to have Puget Sound, to have our mountain ranges and have all this wonderful opportunity. If you don't take advantage of it, you know, you, you never will, you never will care about anything you don't experience. And and the fact that we're separating an old generation of youth from outdoor experiences is, is really troubling to me, especially when you see the, you know, the direction of things in general. The same. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to see that other side. Um, I can't imagine going to the store, relying solely on the store and when, to and, provide my food. And when you, but but you understand that context, and and it's it troubles me that there's there's so many people out there that don't understand how we view life, and that we don't want to eat out of a grocery store. We want to eat off the land, and so their context is well, what you know, why do you guys need guns? Why do you guys need to go do this? You can just go to the grocery store. No. No, uh-uh. no, I want to know where my food comes from. And it's a, it's a healthy, wonderful, satisfying way of eating, which we are going to do next. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.
You're listening to the best of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Here's a great interview from a while back that I think you're going to love. Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. We actually got Robbo back in studio, Joey. Yeah, it's nice. One, one in a row. One Thanks for not canceling my key card to get back in the building. <laughs> that's, uh, Thank that's you, up, Kyle Brown. That's up to station management. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where have you been hiding, Rob? <laughs> well, I went on this hunting escapade here for a few weeks, and yeah, kind of went off the deep end. I'm back in treatment again, and go. I'll be back at work here for a little while at least. So, <laughs> Special yeah. guest Heather Duvel this morning, <laughs> AK Moosey on Instagram, 20-some thousand followers on Instagram, just absolutely crazy. But one of the things that, that have really attracted folks to your page is your, your the traditional food and game prep that it isn't just what you do it's kind of who you are and how you live Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's it's our way of life so I actually started the page my dad was diagnosed with late stage cancer and I didn't have social media and I started that page as a way it was for us you know for me to share everything he's taught me and our cultural traditions and it was like a positive outlet for me, and then it just sort of caught on, and people really Little did admire you know, the connection that it, me and my dad have, and I just think yeah. he's the best. You know, he is the best. Yeah. He's a great teacher, a mentor, culture bearer. You know, he's an elder in our community, and our elders are our most cherished assets. They know so much, and they have so much to share. So, yeah, just took off, and it's great. I love sharing it with you guys, and... But it's it's the connection to your food and the connection to the land that that you know. There's some of the happiest and healthiest people I know have that. They're they're anglers, they're hunters. You know, they they go out and get their food, share it with other people. But it's you know, in following the seasons and following the animals. And, and Rob, you said it a couple of weeks ago. It's it's not just it, it it's the places that you have to go to to get the deer, to get the salmon, to get the elk, whatever it is, right. And, and in your case, you know, even seals, right? And, and just spending that time outdoors well, the, and being in tune with the seasons. The whole outdoor pro- the process, right? Uh, the preparation, the work. And then when you do harvest the animal, like some of I, – I love to waterfowl hunt. I hunt deer and elk and bears and all this stuff. And, and then you get to go home and, and process the animal. That's our and, favorite part yeah, of the whole deal. Like, man, I, I – Eating what we bring home. Well, and, and processing. I love – Cleaning the ducks and taking the livers and the hearts and, you know, the gizzard and processing out all this stuff, taking the feet off and drying them for my dogs, for dog treats, and and just utilizing as much of the animal as you can. And, Bailey and, loves goose feet. Um, so we have a text here from the 425, and during the break, I was asking you about when you harvest the deer, what else do you harvest other than just the meat? Heart. Right. Heart, liver. We keep the stomach. And well, that's the question the from question, the 425. Is how, how do you, do you prepare the yeah. stomach of the deer to yeah. eat? So um, the elders used to like when you brought would bring them a stomach and didn't rinse it. Um, we when left some of the contents inside. Um, we actually 
we'll rinse it in the salt water, you know, when we get down to the beach after you pack the deer out. And then we boil it whole and then cut it into strips, you know, like two inch by three inch strips. And then we actually fry it in a wok in cooking oil and then just sprinkle it with salt and eat it like a, you know, like a snack. Like pork rinds. Yeah. I was mentioning but pork it, rinds and yeah, it's, it's similar. Yeah, the texture is a little more rubbery. You know, you have that. Does it get crispy or is it kind of like a razor clammy kind of a texture? A little little bit more rubbery? A little, little razor clammy, but, it, yeah. you know, the outer edges get crispy and it's really good. It's a treat. I'm doing it. <laughs> I Joey's favorite thing to eat is porcupine. <laughs> he loves porcupine and mergansers too. You you brought some mergansers home a couple years ago. Like oh, every yeah. year I shoot mergansers oh, yeah. and eat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> All right. So so we're getting a bunch of questions also about about brining, and we got to we so obviously the two different ways folks. Mm-hmm. Do they dry brine and wet brine? Do you do you ever dry brine at all? I'm I've never I never really have. We don't. Um, yeah. You know the the biggest controversy on my page is is my brine recipe. Oh, right? I know. Yeah. People love to tell me that I brine the wrong way. Um, yeah. I don't uh-huh. think there is a wrong way. It's just whatever you prefer. You know the way that we we put up fish is, you know, it's a process that's been passed down for generations. So we just do a quick brine. We like to taste. We still like to taste the fish. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to taste like anything else, pineapple, soy sauce, or what have you. That blows me away. Yeah, when somebody, just, Yo, you got to try my, you got to try my teriyaki smoked salmon. Uh, I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah, we want to taste no. salmon. <laughs> so you know, it's a quick brine for these quarter inch strips that we talked about earlier, but we do cut a thicker strip, like a one inch strip, and we you we brine those strips for about three minutes. And, you know, the smoking process is the same, but those are um, strips that we use for jarring fish or else um, steaming for dinners. So, so we grow potatoes it, in the garden. So you jar it and then can it, right? You right. pressure can it, right? Right. So, so the, just the, the smoking, unless it's it has to be either dried completely like this, you know, like like your dried fish there, or... Or cooked. Or cooked right. after, after you... After you Take and can it. Okay. Because we don't brine for, you know, like Hours. your brine, right. the overnight brine, um, yeah. the parasites are still alive. Sure. So when we take the fish out of the smoker, you know, they're still there. They're still living. So we either have to dry the strips like what I have here or else put them in jars and pressure can them. And we also keep the bellies and collar pieces out oh, yeah. and steam them for about seven minutes and eat them with garden garden potatoes mm-hmm. that's like one of my favorite meals <laughs> so so one of the things you know and we're the question was from the 425 what's the best way to get a dry brine all the way through thick chinook so i don't there's there's really no way to do it and and so the method that you have of opening the fish up with these long strips and again go to ak moosey on instagram and, and scroll back and you see your father cutting entire fillets from the collar down mm-hmm. to the tail quarter inch strips right and so you're opening up so much more surface area that allows you to have really, really short brine times, mm-hmm. and and then more more completely dry the fish, and, right? And that's and that's the key. So, I don't think I, you know another way to do it is just to take them and cut them down. You yeah, know, take that fillet right. and cut it down. If you don't want to do the strip method, you know, cut them an inch and a half strips, and then the brine gets in there. But but I think what this gentleman was getting at is you know you, you put the huge chunk of king in there. 
I don't do that. I cut yeah. them down, yeah. and you do the same thing, same Tom. Thing. When we get, you know, you, you're kind enough to bring in some smoked salmon. It's always cut in like an inch and a half to maybe two inch strips, crossways, cross the grain, and that way all the brine gets in there. And try know? to try to make your, you know, uh, you take that big fillet. Yeah, you want every piece to be fairly uniform. Yeah, so the, for sure. So the brine gets in there. And then it smokes evenly. Yeah. So yeah. so and then the one another advantage that that you have, Heather, is, is the fact that you. You're mostly smoking fresh fish. Right. Right. They're fresh. We usually like to let them go through rigor. Yeah. So they're easier to cut after they've gone through their rigor stage. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So usually the next day is when we strip them. There's something about the, that. Oh, interesting. The texture's yeah. okay. a little bit different, hmm. and you never yeah. want to straighten a fish. If your fish comes in yeah, bent, I know. you don't want to straighten it You never want to straighten it out because it's going to pull it apart. Yeah. That's absolutely key. Now, now, the other aspect of that is, too, there's something on an en- enzyme level that happens as well. Because, I, I mean, I grew up eating Chinook and eating fresh, you know, a lot of fresh Chinook. And, and I remember, you know, sometimes the day you catch them, you, you can eat them. That's fine. To me, the peak flavor of, of especially fish like a Chinook or coho is the next day. Is the yeah. day after there's something about the taste. Shrimp, too. We wait till the next day. They're easier to peel. They've gone through the rigor stage and they're... They're better. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait, Trust dude. Me. They never make it that <laughs> long. <laughs> Tiny, how do they make it that long? you got to wait a day. Oh, no way. I don't, I don't, think, on, I'm, yeah, I don't think I'm capable. The cool I'm, thing about shrimping with Joe is that he's allergic to shrimp. That so is. we get his shrimp, too. Well, yeah. So that's what oh, are you? Yes, he's he an is. extra limit of shrimp right there. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I have always tried to cultivate relationships with people that don't that can't eat shrimp. For sure. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I found the everybody. Perfect... Everybody always invites me to go shrimp. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's weird. <laughs> oh, go back, going back to the brine question, though, you know, we do brine like a whole fillet when we pickle fish. Have mm-hmm. you tried pickling salmon? I have. I, yeah. yeah. And you brine it for like at least 10 days. Two weeks, three weeks in a bucket of salt. So give us your basic wet brine because that's one thing we, we've been kind of dancing around and we haven't really. So if you've got like two gallons of water or what do you what do you start with? Yeah, like two and a half two gallons. Two and a half gallons It depends on how much fish you're doing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But so, let's just say two, two and a half gallons. So like three bags of brown sugar. Okay. Three so, 16 ounce. Is it 16 ounce bags? They're, they're so, like, yeah. Are they, yeah. They're like. It's a three to one mixture. They're two, they're right? two, two pounders. Yeah. 32 ounces. If they're, okay, if yeah. A bag like that, yeah. So for a big a big batch of strips, which is about 20 fish, okay. um, we do three bags of brown sugar and then take one of those bags and fill it with salt. Gotcha. And what kind of salt are you using? Like, I knew you were going to ask that and yeah. you're going to laugh. So it's just, it's the salt from the fish processing plant that, mm-hmm. you know, my dad's a commercial fisherman. Gotcha. Yeah. And I use that same salt for the brine and I use it to salt my hides. Rock it's salt? Just, yeah. It's, it's just a big. Yeah. It comes in a bag. Yeah. A big, yeah. like 25 pounds. No pound fancy bag. salt. No, yeah, but okay. probably, mm-hmm. yeah. probably non-iodized. Non-iodized salt. Yeah. Yeah. E- yeah. Either way. Yeah. You- gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. Roger, Whatever's there. Okay. Roger that. So basically, basically a three to one brown sugar to salt, which is, yeah. I, I'm like two and a half. And then hose one, water. So. Yeah, <laughs> the, the trick is hose well, water. You, you, you blast it, you know, so it can dissolve the ingredients faster. There we go. <laughs> and the like kids it. like Very to help. Very technical. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app. Here's a great interview from a while back that I think you're going to love. 
Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Well, we're swapping around this segment. It's the Browning Bullbuster segment in, <laughs> instead of Ray Marine Picks of the Week because Shondi sprung forward and I fell back, and so we had a, a time zone uh, issue. And we'll just I'll, I'll take the I'll take the blame for this one, Shondi. Okay. Good All right, morning, Shondi. This, this one's on me. Uh, so. But thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys this morning? We're doing good. We're doing good. A little smoked salmon here in the studio and, and kind of recap a little bit of the hunt that we just went on down in New Mexico. My goodness, I'm still shaking my head, Shondi. That was just, that was like a dream hunt. And I can't thank you enough for inviting me. I had a wonderful time with all, with all of you down there. And of course, our guides were just amazing. The whole thing was just incredible. So can't thank you enough. Uh, have you tried any of those steaks yet? You tried any, any of that, uh, that mule deer yet? I did. I ate it the day I got back. It was so good. So good. So, Shondi. What about you? Shondi, explain this. You're on, you're on an amazing elk hunt, and you decide to pass on harvesting an elk to shoot this awesome mule deer. And look, that, that is an amazing buck, beautiful buck. He's a little non-typical, heavy, mature, but ugh. You passed on an elk hunt. Tell me the thought process behind taking that buck. I am from Utah, and so mule deer are the trophy of all trophies in Utah. And a big mature one is hard Mm -hmm. to find. So as soon as the guide said, would you shoot a deer? And I looked at him, and I said, do not play with my emotions. because (laughs) She's already bailing out of the truck at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, are you, are you serious? Cause I, I mean, I've hunted my entire life. I've never had the opportunity to get a deer like that. Um, and so as soon as we, as soon as we pulled up, we didn't see the deer that I think Robin then had seen mm-hmm. and we spotted this one and dream come true deer. Uh, I've had a phenomenal season guys. I can't, I can't explain it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say so. You shot a huge uh, caribou up there in the Arctic, and then a what a three sixty bull in Colorado, and now this uh, this deal here. But I'm, we were we were we we're just thrilled for you. We got to try out the new Ovix camo, uh, which I got to tell you is super comfortable. And whatever that stretchy material goes into that stuff, I mean, uh, those pants. We wore the camo pants, of course, but I'm telling you, I'm going to order some solid colors, and they're going to be like my everyday britches from now on. Well, I've been wearing it. In the duck blind. And mm-hmm. I show up the other day on this snow goose hunt. And, you know, all these guys are wearing fancy Sitka rain gear and all this stuff. And they're all like, ooh, what's that? Let me see that. I'm like, oh, it's the new browning stuff. And yeah. I, yeah, it's great. I love it. It's my favorite, too, guys. We really went technical this year, and it's turned out to be absolutely phenomenal. So what's a, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of it? I mean, is it is it something we need to go to browning.com and look at? Yep. It's all available at browning.com. Also available at your local Browning dealers as well. Um, check out the Pavant stuff. That's really that's what me and Rob were wearing last week. That's been the, the mid-season stuff, and the Dutton stuff is going to go into play here shortly with all the snow. Well, where do you go from here? Because, you know, you go get your big caribou up north, and now you're, you're on this dream hunt. And, and now, so, you know, big game hunting season is kind of winding down a little bit. So what, what do you have on your radar between now and the end of the year? You know what? It is over for me. I'm going to end the 22 season. Uh, with the buck of a lifetime and look at 2023 and be probably chasing the 22 season for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, there, there's still, there's still birds flying around out there, Shondi. We She's still... going to get some work done at some point. Yeah, so. that's, that is, though, yeah. that's getting work done, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that then... is true. There's still that going on here in Utah. Uh, but we're, I'm not, 
I love waterfowl, but I, I really, Rob's probably right. I probably should be in the office a little bit more. <laughs> so should he, like but, but, we're, but, but we're not going to go there. So, so speaking of 2023, I mean, you know, Browning has been pushing the envelope for as long as Browning's been in existence, right? And so the 6.8s, it, it's, it's interesting because from a bullet design standpoint, from a performance standpoint, the Browning 6.8 has set a new standard, and there's no, no, no sincere form of flattery than imitation. We're starting to see kind of some other other calibers kind of trying to catch up to the Browning 6.8. But what do you what do you see coming down the line with regard to rifle actions and calibers coming out of Browning? You know, we're always going to push the envelope. Something always moves around the corner and, of course, shot shows around the corner. So I can't speak a lot to 23, but uh, we're at the forefront of all of it. we got to use the new Winchester Copper Impacts down there, too. And, and for the longest time... You know, copper bullets, they performed wonderfully, but at a little bit shorter range, you know, three, 400 yards, maybe max. But now Winchester and a couple other companies have redesigned these bullets. So they're working way out there. I mean, you you stroke that mule deer at 590 yards. Uh, Colton shot his bull at 590 yards, dropped it right in its tracks with a 162 grain mm-hmm. bullet. Yeah. Used to be okay. Bring out the three thirty eight yeah, and a two hundred yeah. and whatever grain bullet, and tr- screaming at thirty four hundred feet per second or whatever it is. And and now, I mean, you know, we're firing these six point eight westerns at twenty nine hundred feet per second. The bullet's doing all the work. You can actually see the impact because you're not getting belted, you know, four feet back when you pull the trigger. You know, um, just a, a whole different concept with these high BC bullets. Uh, pretty pretty remarkable to watch them perform down there, and, and uh, they really worked well. We've been firing the 175 green uh, ammunition out of our Browning 6.8s. We're we're all switching to the to the 162 grains. I guarantee it. After this trip, I mean, they just performed unbelievable. They were really great. And to go back to like watch, being able to watch your shot, I shot mm-hmm. my elk a couple weeks before with the 300, and I wasn't able to you know look at the follow up shot. And that on the deer, I watched the whole thing. So. I'm a huge six eight fan, and I'll continue to be a huge six eight there, fan. There's a huge benefit to to being able to watch your shot. If if you happen to make a bad shot on an animal, you're going to see the impact and be able to get you're right on them. You're back on and taking another shot. Correct. Yep. With the three hundred, I couldn't get back on him. Um, luckily, he dropped in his tracks. But with the six eight, it was easy. Watched the whole thing right through my scope. And it just makes the whole experience that much more pleasurable when you're not you know you, the the light kick of these rifles and the performance terminally is just it, it's not anything that that, that it, I mean it's brand new to the marketplace and until you kind of experience it you really have no clue so all right what do you have what do you have in the hopper then if you're if you're going to keep things secret on Browning.com how about Sean Shondy Campbell what do you where are you going hunting in, in next year what do you what are you looking at doing. Oh, you know, I the girls want to get back together, and we're looking at uh, pick a blacktail, um, maybe an Africa trip. And Rob mentioned moose in there somewhere. I think about what three three segments back he said moose. I know y'all heard it. <laughs> yeah, we're working on a moose trip for sure. <laughs> Right. I haven't seen any details, but it's out there. All Real right. quick, uh, we've got Heather DeVilla here in studio, A.K. Moosey, our good friend from Southeast Alaska. And um, she just shot a cranker Sitka blacktail a few days ago up in Alaska. And, and she mentioned that, you know, that she gets a little buck fever still, and she's been hunting her whole life. I've watched you shoot. I don't think you get buck fever, do you? Do you you're just like a stone-cold killer. Do you get the jitters at all? I really have to talk myself out of it. So. Okay. From the minute I was like starting to shoot, 
I would talk to myself be like, do not get excited over this. Like, do not look at the antlers. Just put down the deer and then get excited because I would lose my ever-loving mind before. Like, when I was little, oh, man, it was crazy. So now it's like, okay, just just do the job and then get crazy excited because Rob wasn't exactly there when I shot that deer, but I almost, I mean, I jumped as high as an NBA player. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupid antlers. I get the you can't look at it is you can't I the, look. I get the same thing. I even when I'm just glassing, I'll see a deer, and then if there's antlers, I can feel my heart start to pound. And even, I, I don't look at him. So once buck. I make the decision I that I'm going to take that animal, like even this this bull was like, oh crap, that's a big bull, and I was like, oh, and I quit looking at the antlers. I'm yeah. like, I just yeah. focused on the target. And that was it, because I was like, oh, I got all these guys watching me. Like, man, what if I screw this up, you know? And so I just quit looking at the antlers, antlers all the guys, especially that mule deer, Shondi. Oh, my gosh. That thing was a monster. Uh, so, oh. yeah. Well, and I had Colton behind me tell me all about it. And I was yeah. like, hey, he's like, it's got cheaters. It's got sack cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. It's Oh, it's really heavy. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Shondi. Again, I, I just can't thank you enough. I had a blast with all of you down there and certainly hope we can we can share a duck blind or another hunting camp or something here in the near future. And, and uh, have yourself a great rest of the weekend and hope to see you at SHOT Show or, or one of the shows coming up here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, awesome. Shondi. We appreciate it. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to the best of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Here's a great interview from a while back that I think you're going to love. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinian Delady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. you, you got to tell me. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Ocean Hey, man. Can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a nice jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time for you to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest, the all-new Roy Robinson RV Center in Smoky Point. 866-979-3776. That's the Reverse Chine Hotline brought to Wellcraft Duckworth Northwest Boat. And we got Robbie from Renton on line one. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Tobek, what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I can't believe Robbo's got to have the hardest head of anybody I've ever known. I'm definitely stubborn. <laughs> and, That's for sure. And Nelly even wore him out, man. I can't <laughs> believe it. Uh, Washington State Cougar, former Seattle Seahawk, all around good guy, and our former business partner, Rob Tobek, joining the show. Back He's, when we used to split the show 50 50 50 between the three of us. And, and those yeah. were the good old days, oh, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I said, you know, it was the greatest thing ever when we, the three of us were on that show, we had a lot of fun and everything, but I, I was just so proud of Robbo. Now we can kind of tell the story since he's, he's kind of stepping away is that, you know, if you guys recall when this thing first started, we used to have to write the questions out for Robbo and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, he, 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 he progressed and, uh, you know, becoming oh. a you know, expert uh, radio guy like he is now. I finally, I had the salmon. We had to go through all the different species, you know. I mean, what's a steelhead? What's a salmon? Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, those were good times, man. We had a lot of laughs and a lot of just hilarious stuff. I can remember we were in Costa Rica one time, and I was supposed to stay on the beach and help you work on stuff 
stuff all day, and this boat is right behind me leaving. <laughs> and I'm talking to you on the dock, and the boat unties, and I just stepped right backwards onto the swim step. <laughs> and, <laughs> off I go, and you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, uh, there's no turning back now. I'm gone. I took off until Beck's on the on the land. Yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, just hilarious well, I stuff. Me- I remember that same trip when uh, we were uh, – there was – about a 70, 80 pound rooster fish in the marina, and you and oh. I were beating each other up trying to grab a rod, and, uh, you know, they wouldn't, uh, wouldn't let us. There was some tackle football that. going on in that marina that day. That was a huge yeah. rooster fish, right? You swimming around the boat, and those, those were yeah. good times, man. We had a lot of, lot of fun, and, uh, thank you for helping us get this show, man. That was a long time ago, 2009. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was funny because, you know, uh, people just assumed that Robbo and I, had been buddies for years and years and years. We mm-hmm. literally, I think the show started April. Yeah. I had met Robbo in January. In Panama. And you in stepped Panama, off a bus. And I'd never met you before we hit it up. We were just like, we'd known each other our whole lives. We're hanging out down there, screwing around, you know, fishing and, and smoking cigars and screwing off down there in Panama. And, and uh, that's when you brought up the, the idea of this radio show to me. And I said, you know what? Before I left, this guy, Tom Nelson, he called me too about this deal. When you get home, you should call Tom and you guys should do this radio show together. Yeah. And, and you, Tom and I had done, you know, done some radio together in, mm-hmm. in the past once or twice but didn't really know tom that well and and uh that's what i love about you guys you guys were always you know um just good dudes my kind of dudes you know the kind of guys that, that the guys like to hang out with you know and and that's what made the show so fun and um and then you know years later you know you plug joey in and, and things mm-hmm. just keep rolling and stuff like that and but uh yeah great memories and and i i, I still count myself uh you know, uh, uh, lucky and, and privileged to have been part of bringing the outdoor line back to uh, the Pacific Northwest. When we were first populating the website, theoutdoorline.com, we made a deal that we each had to write a blog. We'd take a turn and write a blog a month. And Rob, Tobacco, what, what am I going to write about this month? What's, what, a, what's a blog? What, what am I going to write? What the <laughs> heck am I going to write about this month? And so Tobek came up with this how to save your marriage deal, and it was how he organized his mustad fish hooks in the garage. Is that is that is, is that fair? Is that <laughs> well, something like that. But yeah, it's just all about uh, being organized and organization and stuff. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that that the show was great for me was you know I. I, I love to fish, fish all over the place and, and go and fish and do everything I can. And, but I, you know, I knew how to salmon fish and knew how to do some of the stuff, but it was a real education for me to, to up my game because there was a, you know, I'm not from the Northwest and I did, you know, I didn't grow up fishing in the Northwest like you guys did. And so, um, you know, you know, there was a real education for me at times. And I think that's where, uh, one of the things I, I love about not only doing the show with you guys, but just fishing with you guys, being on the boat with you guys, because uh, with both you guys, every time I'm on the boat with you, I'm paying attention and, and, and learning something. And that's one of the things I encourage people to do is go fish with other people because other good fishermen, because you can always learn stuff. You can always pick things up. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I love about hanging out with you guys is, you, you know, you make me a better fisherman. Well, listen, I'm going to have a bunch more time on the weekends coming up here. So we're going to have to get on Saturday morning and do a little fishing. We're going to be down there in your neck of the woods today, too. We're playing a little hoops down there in Rent today, so I'll be giving you a call. Might might swing by and... And bring the girls by, buddy. So, so before well, before we before we let you go, buddy, you're you're down in L.A. today. You're you're gonna you're gonna watch the L.A. Bowl and your beloved Cougs oh, that's right. down uh, uh-huh. down in L.A. Uh, we'd be remiss if if we didn't you know let you say a couple things about the recently and dearly departed mm-hmm. uh, coach Mike Leach, buddy. 
Well, you know, he, as you guys know, he was a special guy. I was, uh, you know, I, I felt lucky to have gotten to know him and lucky to, to, you know, have some memories, you know, uh, personal memories with him and stuff like that. He was just, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever seen the outpouring, uh, uh, for the death of a sports figure in particular, uh, like, like we've seen this way, you know, it, it, it kind of, it's kind of blown my mind. I mean, he, he touched a lot of people and, and he, he, a lot of people don't know or didn't see until this week, the, the, you know, the softer, I want to call it the softer side of Mike Leach, but that's who Mike Leach was. He cared about people, um, you know, and, you know, he was hard on his football teams at time, but at times, and, you know, but but he did care about people. His players, you know, after spending time with him, they they grow to love him, and and uh, he made young men, he made young boys into young men. And uh, I think there's a lot of people throughout the country that 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 owe him a lot and feel that way about him. That's why you, you've seen the outpouring that you've seen this way. It's not only his, uh, you know, the, the the jokes, the quirkiness, you know, the bluntness. Uh, those are all beautiful things. And and uh, but he's a guy that's going to be missed and. And certainly, um, with Cougar Nation, he's going to be missed because, you know, he he uh, he he got our program back on track and and uh, took us to what, you know, five or six bowl games in a row uh, before he left, and that was uh, you know that was unprecedented in our history, and so, um, you know, we all feel indebted to him. So, and and you're also on the forefront of a new NIL push with regard to Wazoo. And I'm going to hold my breath and not throw up and let you mention that. Uh, is it 1890? <laughs> well, yeah, Cougar fan. You know, well, you know, NIL is a new reality in college sports nowadays, and and uh, used to be the arms race was facilities. Now it's NIL deals for your players, and I know you Dub has uh, has the dog, has the it. Dog Derby. Dog Derby. Yes, or yeah, he said it. It came yeah. out of his mouth. I heard it. But uh, <laughs> at Washington State University, we have uh, the Cougar Collective, CougarCollective.org, and we have the 1890 Club. So if you're a Coug and you're interested in NIL, uh, go there. There's some educational pieces on there. If you got more questions, reach out to us. We'll answer your questions. But uh, what we need is we need Cougs uh, participating, um, and it'll give Coach Dickert and all the coaches at Washington State the ammo they need when they're sitting across the table from a, a recruit and their parents, and, and those parents are asking about NIL deals at Washington State. But when the guys want to go salmon fishing, we're going to have them, right, Joey? That's it. We got you them. Bet. We got to come to the side of the hill. Hey, uh, thanks, give, give us a, Give us a pick on today's game, buddy. What do you go? What do you got? What's well, going to happen? Know, it, it's going to be, you know, we've lost a couple guys at the portal. A couple coaches have gotten head jobs. So we've lost our coordinators, but I really feel confident in, in what our team's got. You know, Fresno State's a good team. Um, uh, you know, won the Mountain West Conference, uh, but uh, you know, I obviously I think my Cougs are going to win. I think we're going to win by about fourteen. Today. Good. So, so then next week the show starts at five o'clock. So you're going to be replacing uh, Ensley. So, we'll, so we need to be you need to be here about four thirty on Christmas we'll see Eve at Starbucks. to do the yeah, show. Yeah, right? See him down at Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as long as you're still buying Starbucks, you know, I'll, I'll be yeah. there. <laughs> hey, thanks for all the great all right. times, buddy, and we'll be Suck. in touch. And, and thanks for all the great friendship and everything, and, and I'll give you a call here in a little bit, buddy. All right, brother. All right. We'll, we'll thanks, see brother. you guys. Thanks for your time, right. man. Later, Robbie. Former Seahawk All-Pro, all-around good guy, our business partner, Robbie Tobeck. And then when we were in Costa Rica, one of the things we did was, was the day after, when you got back to the dock, after you caught your first billfish, Matt Nelson? Went for a yeah. little swim. What? Apparently, it's a tradition that after you catch your first billfish, you get tossed into the dock, into the water off the dock. 
I still don't think that's an actual tradition. Well, I think you said it was a tradition as possibly. an excuse Look, to push me into the Possibly been <laughs> some shenaniganry going on you're there. You're rolling but around with a bunch of screwballs. The only yeah, thing that saved your old man from going in the water was his cell phone, right? Oh, yeah, because he's never lost any cell yeah, phones to so. the ocean. Hey, man, mm-hmm. I want to thank you, too, man. You have been just an absolute rock star for years here. How long have you been working here, man? I don't want to think about that. Man. <laughs> always you, shows up early for work. You, always uh, stays late. You, uh, um, you, you've you officially over 10 years now at the, yeah. at the station. And so when we and first... really, the producers are the unsung heroes of these dude. shows back there. I mean, if you ever look at the control booth, it is a dizzying array yeah. of buttons and switches and screens. I only and know what screens. half of them do. <laughs> <laughs> he's also, you, kind, of the, he's also kind of the voice of reason at times. Yeah. At times, like all the time. Back. Yeah, when, for sure. When we first started the show, Liz Matthews was our producer, right? And uh, and and Liz worked with John Clayton as well. I mean, mm-hmm. holy smokes, how time passes. You know, good remembrance of John Clayton passed earlier this year in the spring, and untimely. You worked with Matt. You excuse me. You worked with John Clayton. You were his board op for for a number of years, and uh, yeah. And Liz Matthews actually trained you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and said, "Hey, listen, hire this guy. We don't want to get up and listen to these fishermen anymore." <laughs> Pretty classic stuff, Matthew. So thanks for all you do, sincerely. But yeah. uh, you know, and and moving forward would be difficult and daunting had mm-hmm. we not got Joey Pyburn here, you know, and and Joey, one of the best. Out- I brag about you all the time, Dude. Joe. One of the best outdoorsmen I've ever been around, and I mean that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. And dude, the last four years doing radio with you, kind of learning the process, you've you've helped me so much. And then just the time we spend together, dude, hunting in the backcountry, we become family, man. And and this whole thing, it's like uh, if the listeners don't know, we love each other. We, we're like family. The time we get to spend together on the water in the woods and here in the station, we have a blast. It's been, it's a locker it's been room. amazing. SFI yeah, yeah. locker room. And, and uh, if you if you didn't hear it earlier in the show, this is my last show here <laughs> on the outdoor line. Yeah. You weren't supposed to break through this. <laughs> That's brutal. All right. Missing the show. You missing the show. Uh, hit the podcast, man. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And, and Merry Christmas to y'all. It's the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710. Seattle Sports app.